Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Alex Anthopoulos, he's saying I told you so. And a certain good on good at Flowery Branch has Arthur Smith smiling and having fun. And last but not least, and for the culture, would you take a nap in a movie theater with a bed? That's all next. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1 is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, Arthur Smith is having the time of his life. We'll talk about that. But first, T, we have to talk about Alex Anthopoulos and the, the, the resolve that he that he had displayed by, you know, going out and making some, some savvy moves versus some big splashy moves. Because we've had conversation after conversation leading up to the trade deadline because, you know, the Braves were didn't look all that great, you know, and, and we've had we seen Spencer Strider was even struggling. Charlie Morton was having his struggles. All those things going on. Alex Anthopoulos said, you know what? I'm cool. And guess what? He's kind of looking like he's right because the Braves have won five out of six, five out of their last six T. And, you know, ever since being swept by the Red Sox. And it just seems right now, Alex Anthopoulos is, 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 has, has done his job and he's going to ride this bad boy out. And I think he should. I mean, I think we're comfortable and confident because when we got the official official news yesterday, just as an example, that Max Fried is indeed going to pitch to open the series against the Cubs tomorrow. That's a positive sign. Right. And then A.J. Minter came back. He had a scoreless seventh inning in game two. So, again, a positive outcome. And granted, that's starting pitching and that's bullpen. But remember, we talked about the fact that Alex Anthopoulos might even go out to look for a hybrid player, you know, someone who could go between the starting pitching rotation and who could provide some relief to the bullpen as well. So now that you see those pieces coming back, that's a good look that, you know, makes you know that or helps you to know that they're going in the right direction. And then you look at the fact that it's five of six wins. And like you said, they were swept by the Red Sox, but they had also lost seven of 10 games before going on this five and one stretch. And that had everybody kind of shaky right after the all-star break. But then you look at how they were able to do this and it was kind of like the slow burn, right? So in that first game, only one run and you're thinking, okay, not quite sure what to do with this because I mean, Charlie Morgan gave you what you needed. All you wanted him to give you was about five or six innings and no more than three runs. You got that. But then what you also got is for Spencer Strider, you got a whole heck of a lot more runs for, and that doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you get into that five to one territory and it's that, you know, tight of a margin before they kind of seal the deal at the end, it does matter. And then again, same for Yanni Chirinos last night. I mean, yeah, he only gave, or yesterday afternoon only gave up three runs, which is good, but the bats 12 runs. That's crazy. And the way that they did it was, to me, a combination. I know we've been talking about, you know, back-to-backs from Austin Riley and Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna Jr. with the blast, but it's what happened in between to get you 12 runs that tells me 
hey, I think they might be okay because between the bats getting warmer again, if not hot, pitchers coming back, bullpen people coming back, I think you're good. Yeah, yeah. And I think those positive outcomes help, right? Like you said, with AJ Minter, uh, you talk about, you know, Max Free, you know, looking to start on Friday against the Chicago Cubs. That is very positive news. So, and, you know, Dylan Lee is looking like he's going to be back within the next week and a half, two weeks or so. So all of those things are kind of like combining up to, you know, I was on top of even talked about it, right? Because here's the thing. And, and, I, and I think that when you look at things from a, have, having a certain perspective, when, whether or not to make these these particular moves, I think that Alex Anthopoulos, the way he looked at it, I thought it was it was great because he talked about how like okay, yeah, we can go. We had conversations, we had you know trade yeah. talks with with a lot of people. You know, we visited you know a lot of things, and then he said, yeah, we could have gave up. And he didn't say Von Grissom's name, but I'm sure that you know this is probably what he was intimating that yeah. that Von Grissom we could have brought a guy in to be good, but. When I, we get all our guys back healthy, is he better than those guys? If those guys come back to where uh, I'm showing the same form that they were before they got injured, and the answer to that question was no. So that's what ultimately made the decision for him. Like, are these guys going to be better than the guys that we that we have coming off the men? And the answer to that was no. And plus, if we have to give up a guy who we think is going to be good in 25 and 26 and 27. You know, uh, that's it's just not worth it. So I think he's weighing, he was weighing his options right in front of him and then also weighing long-term as well. So as the yeah. general manager and president, you have to look at it that way. Like, I yeah. understand as a fan, we like, hey, we need to make a move. Let's do it. Let's try to win now. I get that. We talked about that. But the way he's uh, – the optics are, are, are looking really good right now mm-hmm. as to well, how he has to view things and how his perspective and how it can – it can make it can ultimately make a decision for you. You know what I'm saying? Not and, and I, I absolutely enjoy that. So and the farm <laughs> system has been the best over the last decade, but this season they're at the bottom of the mix across all of Major League Baseball. And that's not to say anything negative against Alex Anthopoulos, but that is to say that they have kind of depleted that farm system. So I could also yeah. see him saying, hey, for what these teams were asking and knowing that we have to replenish that farm system, I'm not ready to give up on who I already have on this roster for that farm system to be further depleted. So, yeah, right. I think you're absolutely right. You probably got the calls for Vaughn Grissom on down, but sure. looking at the system, you're like, hey, we're good, and I'd like the opportunity, Alex Anthopoulos, that is, would like the opportunity to replenish and revitalize that, that farm system. And, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, like with the, with the bats going absolutely ridiculous yesterday, I thought it was so funny, right? Like, here's how good this Braves lineup is. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, Matt Olson, he's been getting walked quite a bit lately. And, you know, it's just like, all right, cool. Y'all want to walk Matt Olson? Oh, here comes Travis Darno, who, who was a, an all-star last year, who was the backup catcher. And he's like, yeah, he'll come in and come through for you and drive those runs in. So I think that, you know, I think that, you know, also Alex Anthopoulos is probably looking at the, the comfort of these bats coming through like they, like they did yesterday afternoon as well, T. And can we talk about the tinkering of the lineup that Brian Snicker does? Because yesterday was back-to-back homers, Austin Riley in the three-hole, and Matt Olson in cleanup. That has flip-flopped as well. So now it used to be in a two-hole, right? Yeah. And right. And also, yeah. And so you've literally seen them flip to the two, three, three, four, four. I mean, they have flipped all over the top of the order and then kind of the 
the top of the heart of the order, if you will, the yes. middle, and mm -hmm. still have done something that no tandem in Braves history has ever done. Six back-to-back -back home runs this season for the Austin, Austin Riley, Matt Olson tandem. So also want to talk about Brian Snicker being strategic and how he's moved that lineup around when he's needed to. I think that's one thing. And I think also, you know, you talk about big bats and big arms. And so in the case when you don't have all your big arms back, you need a game. Well, not just a game two games let's just say a whole series to be honest other than you know the blip on the radar in game one mm -hmm. but you need to see these bats be as big as they are and also Jarvis like we've been saying for the last several weeks as we put out there who our second half MVP was and we're going to keep saying it because Austin Riley is delivering that's yes. who we said needed to deliver if everyone mm -hmm. else to stay consistent which they have Ronald Acuna Jr. stayed consistent uh, with a home run, I think Ozzy Albies drove in a run. So everybody else was doing their job. Michael Harris, the second, got on base and fought for his life Kill to get a score. So <laughs> yes. if everybody else is doing their job, and then the MVP for the second half of the season for the Braves does his in the manner that we've always seen, you know how he is, he, he's like a slow burn, then I think you're perfectly okay with these big bats keeping you with the ML, you know, ahead of the entire majors, not just the NL East, but keeping you atop the entire league as you get to the point where Freed is back, Wright's on the mend. You mentioned Dylan Lee, Mentor's back, and it just keeps going in a good direction for the Braves because they got big bats. And big bats turn into big runs and turn into big championships and World Series. That's what we're looking for in 2023. I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Once is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what, guys? All they're asking for is $20 from you, and guess what you're going to get in return? Win or lose, $200. Yes, FanDuel is the place. It is the place, not Facebook. FanDuel is the place for you to go and bet on Major League Baseball because guess what, guys? This app is super safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody stealing all your information or anything like that. You can bet anything from the money line, the over-unders, who's going to hit the first home run. We were just talking about how Matt Olson and, and Austin Riley being killing it. Go and put some money on Austin Riley because guess what? You know, he's been killing it. Second half MVP in this thing. So, yeah, make sure you guys go check that out. Drop some money on that and go ahead and bet who's going to hit the first Home run. Austin Riley is your bet. Is your man. That's your go-to. Go ahead and do it right now. So guess what, guys? So I want you to take advantage of the special they got going right now for all you Locked On listeners. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Take advantage of $200 of, on your first bet, whether you win or lose. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League baseball now i am sure you guys did not bet that at any point in time would jarvis and i be talking about arthur smith chuckling smiling having fun in flowery branch but he absolutely has it has been not to, and, and the reason i bring that up is because of course we've covered arthur smith since his day one and he's a pretty intense guy but he's got a sense of humor nonetheless right yes. but as that team has gotten better and how he's been able to execute his scheme across time that's really been the biggest part of why he's having the time of his life his words not ours 
But he also mentioned something that I thought was interesting because we literally just talked about that a couple of days ago. And that is, he said, one of the biggest things is allowing him to really have fun and it's fun to watch is that battle in the trenches between the offensive line and the defensive line. So it got me to thinking you were up at Flowery Branch yesterday. What was fun for you to see as a part of that trenches battle? To be honest with you, T, like, like the whole iron sharpen iron thing. I started thinking about that, right? You know, as far as those guys, Matthew Bergeron being thrust into action, you know, probably a little bit early, early, excuse me, than um, Arthur Smith didn't want it. So when you have that, we talked about how he was going to be going up against guys like Davey Onyemata and Grady Jarrett, and that we saw that battle yesterday, and he held his own. Because here's the thing. Like, the more and more he faces guys like that, the more that left guard spot is going, that concern level is going to come down for Arthur Smith. And for him to sit up and confirm that, basically like, yeah, you know what? The rookie held his own. You know, yes. on your mind, probably if he would have disengaged and got off, he probably would maybe get him sacked, maybe. But the rookie held it down. He anchored down and kind of sat down like, all right, you know, I'm here. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and then David on your mind tried to work this, um, his, um, his hands a little bit more. So I think though that's one of the things that, you know, you, you look forward to. And I really feel like Arthur Smith is, is starting to see – what he wanted, he he's starting to see his vision vision come to fruition because, like, with offensive line, defense line, you talking about competition, it hasn't yeah. been, it hasn't been any, you know, and especially between those fronts. So when you have like good on good going to each other, that's when you start to see though that 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 little increase of jump. And I even talked with Abicator yesterday. He was talking about how having vet veteran guys like Bud Dupree and stuff like that, who guys who've gotten double digit sacks in the league. Yeah. He can, he's like a sponge. He's soaking it up. So mm-hmm. all of those things that, you know, Arthur Smith has been talking about, we're starting to see it. See, we, it's not like coach speak. Like when people yeah. are like, oh, it's just coach speak. No, you see it. You see it and you understand what they were trying to do and you're starting to see it now. It's happening on the field. And, and when you have a coach come out and say something like that, mm-hmm. like, like you have to believe him if you've been out there. Yeah. You do. You do. And he also said after Tuesday's practice that he had 100 percent comfort in Bergeron. That's a rookie that he is speaking of. So think about the fact that he came out and he said that he had comfort in what Matt Bergeron was doing in Matt Hennessy's absence. He's also said that he is comfortable and confident in what he's seeing out of Desmond Ritter. And we'll talk about that um, maybe tomorrow, guys. So make sure you check back in with us because we've got lots more to give you from Flowery Branch. But yeah, when you start to hear that and you start to hear uh, Arthur Smith talk specifically about guys, that's when you start knowing because there were times, okay, let's be real. First season, second season, he did give us coach speak. And it wasn't because he was trying to be rude or, um, ornery or, you know, uncooperative, he would have just been sounding like he was throwing somebody under the bus if he had said what yep. he really wanted to Absolutely. say Absolutely. about that patchwork Absolutely. on the left side, minus Jake Matthews, of course, but that patchwork on the left side of left guard, that patchwork up front on the defensive side, and we could go on and on. But now he's able to do that. And there's something else you mentioned, and I would imagine, Jarvis, that this is part and parcel to what Ryan Nielsen may have had to say and what Dave Ragon and Arthur Smith may have had to say. Hey, Let's see what Matthew Bergeron is about. Onyemata, if he looks like he's ready, give him a little something. You talked about the hands and how he kind of shifted some things around. So I imagine in addition to Ryan Nielsen helping Onyemata to gel, 
with Grady Jarrett, I think another thing is having that comfort zone of having coached on Yamada in New Orleans. He now knows, okay, I can push you by making you push him. And with Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone seeing what they see, I kind of imagine a conversation happening behind closed doors going, mm-hmm, ratchet it up for him because they're confident that he, he can handle it. Now, yes. I know yesterday, that happens supposedly, too, for those who exactly. don't know. I think do that so. all the time, T. <laughs> I totally think so. And I would imagine, Jarvis, that uh, I heard yesterday was a little bit milder than it had been a, a couple days out there. So maybe you were able to kind of get comfortable and kind of see some other things out there as well. What else did you see that you thought, okay, this is what I came here for. I spy this particular thing. Oh, it has to be AJ Terrell. Uh, I we, saw we, your like, post, guys. You got to like, see that tweet that Jarvis put out there. I retweeted it as well. It's good stuff. At Jarvis D90, by the way, and yes. at Tanisha Batiste. Give both of us a follow. You know, reading is fundamental, out, guys. Right yes. Here. Uh, yeah, come on now. There you go. It's right there. You know, unfollow all your listeners at Jarvis D90, at Tanisha Batiste. But yeah, that's the thing that I get excited about because we understand what AJ Terrell brings to the table. And, yes. and last year, we didn't necessarily see that for the entire season because obviously dealing with injuries and then mm-hmm. coming off an injury, you know, there are a lot of little adjustment periods that you have to come through in order to get back to the level where you want to be. So right. seeing him out there working on one-on-ones, and and I want to say something, too, because this kind of, like, people think that some sudden movements and certain things that people do on the, field, on the football field, specifically in the NFL, are easy, right? Like, there was one thing that I was talking about how, like, um, A.J. Terrell, you know, he was going up against Drake London, you know, good on good, right? We've been talking about that, iron sharp iron. So he kind of kind of flushed him out, kind of got him down to the sidelines, and then kind of rolled him a little bit. Ball's in the air. Uh, AJ Terrell, as soon as the ball got close, like as soon as Drake London caught, turned around and looked, found, tried to find the ball, AJ Terrell, boom, same thing, same time. Went up, boom, knocked mm-hmm. the ball down. And, and people think that's easy. I was like, there are so many cornerbacks who have lost jobs because yes. they can't turn around and find the football. Yep. Because here's why I say that. Because you have DPI. Defensive passive interference. And somebody was like, oh, that's pass interference. I was like, no. Yeah, they'll call it from time to time. But I guarantee you, if you look, talk to a referee and you say, if he's turned around trying to yep. find that football. Turn that head. You know what I'm saying? All of you, if he's turning around trying to find that football, I promise you, yeah. he's going to give that cornerback the benefit of the doubt. And A.J. Yeah, Terrell is the type of guy with, the, with his level of play, he's going to get that, that benefit of the doubt. And, yes. and I think that for me to kind of, I, I saw it like multiple times yesterday, T. And I'm just like, yeah, talking to some people out there in Flower Branch. I'm like, yeah, man, this cat might have one of those years yeah. that, you know, we might be saying at the end of the year, he might be all pro type level. Yeah. And also, AJ Terrell probably had some conversation offline with Jerry Gray and some other folks and said, send help. And they heard his appeal. Right. And so now mm-hmm. you've got Jesse Bates, the third, you've got Jeff Okuda, you've got Richie Grant, who, of course, they already have, but he's somebody who's coming back better and stronger and faster. So the other piece is, yeah, AJ Terrell is going to have an off year. Did you see who he had to work with in the DB room last year? Do you it was now ugly see- last year? It was- I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, no. Let's keep it funky. <laughs> Tell the truth. It was it was not pretty. But yeah, this year, all. there's so much excitement about what that entire room brings to the table. I mean, this is a room where Jarvis, we weren't going down the depth chart last year with um, 
enthusiasm. And when I say enthusiasm, I don't want to sound subjective, but meaning like, whoa, we see that AJ Terrell, a pro bowler, has something to work with. Now mm -hmm. you're literally saying, ooh, I wonder where they're going to line up Jay ha Jalen Hawkins. Ooh, I wonder how they're going to use D. Alford. These are conversations that we did not have about the DB room last year. So I like the fact that you called out because, of course, of course, everybody is kind of looking to see what is going to happen with the pass rush. But please don't sleep on the DB room because it's just as important that if you happen to be a running back, right, and you get to the second level, they're ready for you. If you happen mm -hmm. to try to throw the long ball, they got not one, they got two people for you, if not more. So I think that's a really good piece. And then there was something else that Arthur Smith said that I really, really liked. I love to hear it, and I want you guys to hear it as well. The kind of guys that we have in here, I mean, this was the expectation at every level. You, know, sure. you want guys that want to compete. A lot of guys say they want to compete, and they really want to hide and make sure they have a good uh, hype video or something. They, they'll have some publicists put out for them or whatever the hell they do. But uh, we got some real dudes, you know. We go over there and we try to compete, try to get better, understand the main goal. And so it's a this is the most fun I've had coaching. And uh, so that, that fires me up every day. I love to hear that. And Terry Fontenot also yeah. said he was yes. excited because it's yeah. finally a place. It's finally a time where Atlanta is a place that's a destination for these type of top tier talents. So I really love that quote because, like he said, Nobody, everybody came to slay as, you know, for lack of a better term, like nobody's yeah. out there just kind of lollygagging or thinking that their job is automatically secure. And even for those whom we, we know Grady's job is secure. We know Chris Lindstrom's job is secure. Those guys are competing at the highest of levels. That's the type of thing that Arthur Smith has been waiting to see that he could put guys in position to compete. And so that he could push the envelope with each and every one of them and say, hey, I know you got it on the last play, but go get it again and again and again. And that's what you're seeing out at Flowery Branch. So, yeah, when he said he's having fun, I'm like, yeah. if you know Arthur Smith. And of course, he's got to throw in a little fun thing, like he said about PR, whatever the hell they do with the hype videos. That's just him. <laughs> but ultimately speaking, yes. if you know Arthur Smith. If he says he's having fun, Falcons fans need to be very, very encouraged by that because he's now seeing a good product on the field that he thinks gonna is going to translate in the season. Yeah, T, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree because I was having some conversations with people who work inside the building, you know, and the, 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 there is a buzz. It, yes. The excitement is there. I'm talking about from high level, you know, executives like this. They understand what, what's on this field right now, and I think Arthur Smith is verbalizing it, and I think that the people who are in the building and kind of handle, you know, the scouting and all that stuff and the business side of things, they understand it too. And, and, and I think everybody is on the same page when, it's talk, when you're talking about, like, okay, this might be something special this year. Yeah. And when you hear the word, guys, out of Flowery Branch, what are your thoughts? Let us know every day or you can drop a comment in the chat if you check us out on YouTube. And of course, we want you to keep on downloading us wherever you get your podcast, because we bring you all the tea and all the heat from Flowery Branch and all over the Atlanta sports landscape each and every day. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down in this show. Today is no different. See, when you think about, like, movie theaters, like, right, you know, everybody here in the United States, you know, everybody's got, you know, got the got the recliners and all that stuff, like, you no know, highfalutin thing. They even got one um, one uh, movie theater that I took my wife to that they kind of have, like, almost like a little, your own little section or something, like, you know, like a VIP section in the movie theater. You know what I'm saying? People getting real comfortable. But, uh, you know, Switzerland, they have taken this thing to another level, T. They have double beds. 
like whole double beds in the movie theater in Switzerland. Like, my mind goes so many places, you know, <laughs> when you're thinking about having double beds in the movie theater. But, like, first of all, let me ask you this. You could keep it simple. Like, would you go to a movie theater that had double beds in it? You know, I probably wouldn't utilize them because, you know, I don't do movies. And so it's because I get bored. So, yeah, if I was, like, <laughs> watching a movie in a bed, it, it would be a wrap. It would be a wrap. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I wouldn't do it. But then again, you wouldn't find me in a movie theater anyway. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my whole thing with that, though, like, like, are they cleaning in between every movie? Like, because, you know, there are things called sheets. You know, pillowcases, fluids, you know, people may sweat, you know, or yeah, do other things, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, y- yeah, that's a good like, point. come on, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because you know, people get a little wild up in the, yep. you know, here, 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 over here in these parts, like, you know, you hear some things in the movie theaters, and people did it with without beds being in there, you know, yeah. did some things without beds now with the beds in there, like. Oh no! It may be a lot of people going to matinees to you, and I ain't talking about you know. Turn the matinee to Magic City. Watch it. (laughs) (laughs) See, you try to keep me back in my old day, my old ways. You don't do it like don't tip me. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Switzerland. I'd be interested to see if this comes back to uh, the United States. Like, I'd be really interested to see if somebody try to. Uh, emulate this and, and bring it over here across the water, but yeah. yeah, that'd be very interesting. Now, speaking of you know, next level type stuff, you know, leveling up, how about this one, T? This is something that I thought was very interesting, right? You know, I sent this over to you, you know, like you know, my girl T, you know, I know what's going on. So, Atlanta Airport, you know, Hartsfield Jackson International Airport, you know, on September 60, they're going to offer a $4,800. Sweet for celebrities and other private TSA screening and luxuries such as drinks, food, a shower, spa, and a day bed. Seems to be a reoccurring thing going on here. So, would do you see yourself interested in those type of services? Because, like you know, four eight hundred dollars—that's a lot of bread. <laughs> yeah, I see myself going to get a part-time job at that airline so I can serve those people because they tip really well. That's what I see. Yeah. Yes. You know what? Like my whole thing is, I was like, "Yeah, four eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of out of my pay grade." You know what I'm saying? Because but I don't even want to spend that kind of money because for me, but I just want a quick trip. Like, get me like yeah. okay, low key. Southwest does not bother me. I know it bothers some people, but it just doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, all I'm there to do is get on a flight. I want you to take me across wherever I'm going. Like typically home to New Orleans. I want you to take me to New Orleans in just an hour and some change, as opposed to me having to drive six and a half hours. So I really don't care if you give me peanuts, although I really do miss those little biscotti cookies. But you, oh, if you want to give me peanuts, amazing. yeah, if you want to give me peanuts, give me peanuts. It's fine. And I don't particularly care for people like squeezing me in because they always think the little person should just be like, automatically you know, go right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Southwest, <laughs> per- yeah. So on Southwest, you know, good luck. You might get a window, you might not. But yeah. Again, it's just a means to an end. I don't need all that. However, if you need all that, just let me know if you need somebody who is like the, the concierge service to those people. I'm here for you. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about it. And, you know, I already have something similar, you know, and I don't have to pay that much money. 
I can go to the Delta Sky Lounge. I'm a, you know, I got my little American Express card. You know what I'm saying? So use my little Sky Miles and all that stuff. So I don't need all that. They're like forty eight hundred dollars, man. Please shoot. You know, I can get, I can get a little, 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 little uh, no little, uh, you know, service like that. You know what I'm saying? Might not be on that level, but hey, they don't have to worry about me partaking. Yeah. September 6th, you won't see Jarvis Davis or uh, Tanitra Batiste sitting up in that no. line trying to unless I'm working private screen. Yeah, unless I'm getting a paycheck from those people, I'm <laughs> so not going to be there. But you know where I will be tomorrow around two twenty, sitting in front of my TV. <laughs> watching Max Freed on the mound. How exciting is it to get yes. that guy back for the Braves just at the right time? Although those Cubs bats are buzzing too. So we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Of course, the Falcons are off today. They're getting back to camp tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Falcons. And of course, give you guys any and everything happening on the sports scene in Atlanta, including a shout out to the WNBA Coach of the Month, Miss Tanisha Wright. That's right. Taking the dream, eight and three in the month of July. Go Coach T. And last but not least, before we get out of here, people, make sure that you share love, show love, and stop spending unnecessary money and spread some love.